anybody who is, you know, scared to make changes because you don't think that you can, um, you, you can. And it does not matter where you have been. It's where you are trying, you know, to be. And we want to help you to be the best person that you can be. Is there Hey, welcome back. It's Ryan here. We're in the Plugged In Media Network studio with Rob and Dave in the background. I'm joined here today with two of my good buddies, Derek and Amber. And uh, we just we just wanted to have a, a special episode today. We're not doing our regular episode today on somebody's lived experience or somebody's shared experience. Today we want to draw some attention to the National Addictions Awareness Week that's coming up Um Sunday through next Saturday, the 21st to the 27th. So that's actually going to be today, not next Saturday. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about what OCJ has going on in the community, what, what this National Addictions Awareness Week is. Um, it's an opportunity for you know, individuals to discuss recovery, discuss raising awareness around addiction. Lots of us that are in active addiction don't know we're in it. We don't know the warning signs. We don't know anything about it, really. Um, the stuff we see on TV and movies, whatever else, all that nonsense that we see. But we're going to talk about some real stuff um, and some of the plans and some of the things that OCJ is doing moving forward, some of the things that we're going to roll out here. And uh, it's just an opportunity to have a discussion around what we're doing and what addiction is like in this community. Because, you know, we all are exposed to that narrative of addiction. We all hear the negative stuff about it, right? And when we're in active addiction, we never get to see what recovery looks like. When I was in addiction, I didn't have a clue what recovery, I didn't even know really what the word was. What about you, Amber? Yeah, no clue. I was just rocking a hot mess, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't even understand. I think, you know, it's funny because when you look back, even before you're a full-blown addict, you don't even realize the things that are happening before that are going to get you there. For sure. I think that was a big thing for me is not even seeing the warning signs creeping, like the normalcy that we put around drinking. You guys call it drugging, which I like. You know, you're just, you're kind of going along with the flow of everybody else. And before you know it, you've got a major problem on your hands that you're no longer in control of. For sure. Yeah. I always laugh when I hear, I was watching a documentary last night and it was uh, exploring the Ronald Reagan era. And I always laugh at, you know, the, uh, if you try this drug, you get addicted in one try. And I'm like, mm, that's really not how it works. For me, it was like going through the stages, right? It was the experimental stage. And then it was like coming up onto a, like a, a substance misuse type stage. And then it turned into substance abuse. And then it was full-blown addiction before I even recognized it was. But it was a long process. It wasn't just, I picked up some cocaine one day and suddenly I was addicted to it. Yeah. You didn't full send it no. off that first, off that first one. No, 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 for sure. And before we get too far into this, I just want to, you know, we always talk about um, individuals who are listening to our podcast. I mean, Dave gave us some stats the other day that the first couple episodes of this podcast in season two, the one with introducing, you know, Derek and Amber, and then kind of remember what the first episode, oh, the first episode was us just rehashing everything else that's gone yeah. on over the summer and, and how that had over a thousand downloads in the first week, I think those two episodes. So, I mean, there's listeners out there. That's <laughs> it's crazy. Cool. It's not just us going home and our, us and our spouses listening to our voices. So that's over really cool. Yeah. <laughs> patting ourselves on the back, man, you guys are awesome. <laughs> right? I hang out with some fantastic people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. But anyway, we always talk about leaving feedback, leaving ratings on, on Apple podcasts or whatever you're on. But I know we always check the Apple podcast stuff because it's pretty relevant to our listener base. And, uh, there's been a couple people we've had some, we've had some reviews, we've had some, uh, some ratings, but the reviews are huge, I think. And, and they work with Apple, right? And they, I search now, I search a little bit of mental health and addiction podcast, and we're starting to show up on that page. It's a little, it's about six pages down, but we're there. We're making our way <clears throat> up the ranks. Right, right. And it's not about the rankings. It's about, yeah. you know, if for me, when I was struggling and even to this day, I listen to so many mental health and addiction podcasts and I, and those are the words I type in, right. And the ones that pop up are the ones I try listening to. And it's that message, right? It's like getting our podcast up higher in those rankings. So somebody who can actually listen to it when they're struggling. Oh, for sure. hundred percent get that. Yeah. So moving up that list, you know, we've had a few reviews and I'm just going to read a couple of them because I think, you know, it's great that people review them and you put them on the, on the Apple, whatever that is, that platform, but if nobody ever sees them. So this one fellow writes in and says, I absolutely love the honesty addictions and mental health issues are something that really need to be addressed. I absolutely love hearing from people with mental health issues, trauma, and or addictions that rise above to be the people they are meant to be. This is a great show. Thank you, Chris. That's pretty cool when you hear stuff like that, right? It's actually making an impact in somebody's life. And another lady writes in, love listening to the podcast on my walks every day. These people are so relatable, funny. That's probably related or directed to you, Derek. <laughs> I doubt that. Uh, these people are so relatable, funny, and vulnerable and sharing their stories. It's not like a typical mental health podcast. Instead, you feel like you are just part of the conversation. I'm always waiting for the next episode to come out. And when I read that, I thought, man, that is so cool that they feel like they're part of, part of the conversation, right? It's, it's not just us sitting in here and sharing our wealth of knowledge. And it's about connection and the collective being part of it, right? Yeah. I think what's, what's cool about this podcast is we're not talking about books education like our conversation isn't based around anything except for our lived experience and it's so much easier to relate to people when when it's just honest raw communication coming out right yeah i couldn't agree more yeah i um i would definitely have to say that um it's it is a lot easier to connect with um you know people who who have been there and um when when you are when you are able and and you have the chance to take the time to actually dive in to other people's lives um you you come to the understanding that you aren't all by yourself and and i definitely believe that part of active addiction is you know not not having that uh, sense of um community that uh, sense of of a family and um i uh truly believe that everybody who takes the time to turn us on um will will be able to you know connect so that's awesome yeah it's so cool um and I love reading the feedback and anybody who wants to uh, leave feedback, I guarantee we'll read them on the air. If you call me an asshole, I'll read it on the air. Don't, <laughs> don't care. Just leave some feedback, right? We, you know, just sharing that message that man, this does work and it's really impacting people's lives and it's impacting our life too. Like since we started doing this, it's, it's been amazing, right? We talk to people, I know for me, and it's been my experience that 
I connected with a gentleman a few weeks ago and he said he'd been listening to our podcast for a month, month and a half. Somebody put it on his phone, kind of pushing it his way. So that maybe <laughs> it would be a light bulb moment for him. Yeah. And uh, when we got done our first phone call conversation, he's like, dude, you're just like you are. You sound exactly like you are on the podcast. And I said, that's, you'll get that with any one of us, right? Yeah. It's not, we put our podcast face on and come in here and just be who, you know, we are on the podcast and then do our thing outside. It's, it's all the same shit. It's all authenticity. It's congruency. And what you hear here is what you get out there. So that's pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. Love it. Um, how you doing today, Derek? I am fantastic. I'm uh, going to go pick up my kids this afternoon and I got them for the weekend. And I, um, I, uh, I always enjoy and cherish my time with with them. They are uh, very um, intelligent and uh, challenge me um, every day. And uh, we have um, definitely learned to talk about um, our, you know, struggles. Um, my uh, two kids are very open um, about everything that is happening with them and um, I think when we create that that space to to allow our kids to be open um, it uh, can definitely bring them you know uh, you know uh, closer to us and um, you know we can start to work on healthy ways to you know cope with with life so it's always fun to be with them sweet man that's awesome <clears throat> i concur with you what you said like i live my uh i live my my household as an open book with my children because one thing that i found with with my addiction and my childhood is that i didn't know how to ask for help and nobody ever taught me and nobody ever taught me that things were okay to talk about and hide this, hide that. So, like, I even if I do not want to hear what the fuck is going on in their day, <laughs> you still can tell me so anything true. you want. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a common thread in a lot of our households when we grew up. I know it was like that at my house, right? I don't ever remember having that conversation with my dad about how I was really doing. It was just fucking... Yeah. Just fix it whatever's wrong just fix it man and get yeah. your room and do your homework and don't come out till you're done <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so true yeah wow. i uh i grew up in a house where i did have an opportunity to talk about about stuff but um i didn't always understand what was happening so you you kind of learn just to give these cookie cutter you know comments back to your parents so they kind of will just fuck off and leave you yeah. alone when when you're having a teenager moment right totally. so yeah, yeah like it's good. good i'm doing good yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm fine <laughs> the typical i'm fine yeah. i hate that now oh yeah. my gosh and it stands out like a red flag hey when in conversation now when you hear somebody else say it yep. i'm good and my mind sometimes i'll ask sometimes i won't but i'm like are they because yeah. i've seen i know your social media page things <laughs> Maybe aren't so good. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, for sure. I yeah. know if I say I'm fine to my husband, if shit's not fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. fine and I'm, I am a-okay usually means I am either about to get into a fight with somebody about something I have done or haven't done and don't know about. Yeah. Or 
Unless, you know, at my house now with Alyssa, with my spouse, it's, she, she almost has this superpower. She knows me so well <laughs> that I don't have to say anything. She can just look at me and I know the look yep. and she's like, what's going on? And she knows, right? So yeah. we have that open and honest conversation a lot too. And it's, yeah. it's part of, it's part of being a good human being. It's part of being in a good relationship is that open yep. two-way communication. And hundred percent. Oh my gosh. It's something that's foreign. Yeah. It's, it's, uh. It's, you know, funny because uh, Steph and I have a lot of good chats about stuff. And um, my spouse is uh, somebody who, who who has brought a lot of positive things to my life. Um, I've uh, learned things about me that I didn't know I needed to learn. Um, I've uh, learned how to, you know communicate from a place of trying to understand instead of trying to always be right and uh yeah my uh my way way better half has the ability <laughs> to read my mind um when i when i'm trying to maybe deal with something on my own right because um all of us are trying to you know change and i'm trying to deal with certain things that I'm trying not to always have to have them come out, right? I'm trying sure. to, in, you know, figure them out on on my own because I'm working on me, 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 right? But I'll get this, like, look in my eye and Steph just like, is this what you're thinking? And it's like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you definitely nailed that one. I guess, I guess, I guess we got to talk about it now. Totally. It's like, <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> Want to go do karate in the garage? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy yeah. how, yeah. Somebody just, it's like an open door. Somebody reads right into your mind. Yeah. And when that happens, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's funny. Me and my husband have gone through lots of therapy to try to, for him to learn how to work with my brain. Yeah. Right? Because my brain was wired <laughs> so that, screwed up. That poor bugger. All yeah, he's. Were, yeah. I feel sorry for him a lot of the times. <laughs> We've come a long way. He's had That's to awesome. deal with a lot of... A lot of bullshit from me. And when normally like women complain about their man where we always joke that I'm like the man in the relationship <laughs> and we're more working on, on me than we actually are on him, right. which is funny. He's so a really good communicator. Were you together with your spouse during, this was after active addiction, right? Yeah. yeah we've yeah. never been together. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That. And that's how Alyssa is with me too. She's never been part of my active addiction life. And that was a previous life. And you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to thank my ex-wife for actually burn, helping me burn my life to the ground at the end. She sold the house. She kicked me out. She, you know, all those things, right. Filed for divorce. And at the time I thought life was over. What am I going to do now? And I look back now and that was like the start of almost like my rebirth. Like, let's figure this shit out. There's a different way to live. There has to be. And without those extreme consequences that I faced, like my bottom, I don't think I would have got it. Yeah. So that's probably the first time I've ever thanked my ex-wife for kicking me out of the house and divorcing me. <laughs> if she's yeah. listening, she no, she won't be listening. <laughs> no, yeah, everything that that has happened to us, there has definitely been some sort of, uh, I don't know, purpose behind it. And yeah, I want to apologize to all the people that I hurt and when I wasn't being the best. Me, 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 me too, right? And um. I would have to say over the last year and a half, um, I've uh, really had to re-evaluate what I thought it meant to be a good, you know, 
partner. Yeah. And um, at the start um, with the staff, um, I had a lot of changes that I wanted to make and I didn't know how to even start. But uh, when when you have somebody in your corner who um, who allows you to kind of unpack your stuff and doesn't hold it over your head and is trying to help you, you know, to be a better man, to be a better partner. Um, you know, it, it definitely, um, allows us to have a lot more compassion for ourselves and go, you know what? Yeah. I used to be a freaking asshole and, um, this is why I was an asshole. And now I'm trying, you know, on a daily fucking basis to rewire my brain, right? Because all of our brains have been wired the way that, you know, they are because of our fucking past, whether it's because of our, you know, past addiction, you know, past fucking traumas, our brains have, have like all been hurt. And uh, I'm just so grateful that, that like we have, you know, partners that, that understand that. And it's just been a fuck. It's been an, it's been absolutely life-changing and the, probably the last m month um, I have seen so many things finally come, you know, f you know, to, to, you know, take place and all of the hard w w work that I've done um, is actually starting to come out every day. And I take a lot of pride in that and, um, not because I I think I'm better than anybody, but I know where I was and, yeah. you know, who I was. And I definitely think that hanging out with people like you you guys has been a positive thing. And, yeah, there's uh, definitely power in, in having people who honestly have your back. Yeah, I agree. And I think... Um... You know, when you're looking for somebody and you're in recovery, finding someone to challenge the way you think is so huge. Mm -hmm. Like, I love to fight my husband to fucking death, <laughs> but I do that because he challenges my thought process, right? And my thought process isn't always right. Like, it's it's quite ass backwards yeah. when you think about it. So, I, you know, it's funny, too. We've talked a lot, and I feel like I've always been somebody... Um, you know, with the ability to not communicate and bury all my feelings and not actually go through a 12-step program, I lost my ability to let my guard down and, and my vulnerability show a little bit more. Um, so, like, actually being part of this group, I've, I've really let down a lot of walls in my household as an individual, which has just been phenomenal for my relationship as well. Where, you know, I... I went and seen Russ and he was like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, Did he really say the F word? No, no, but I think he wanted to because he was like, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. It's, it's really been a, a cool journey. And yeah, I think when you have someone who, who loves you and cares about you and pushes you to your greatest achievements, you know, mm -hmm. sky's the mm -hmm. limit. It's huge. Cause that's a piece that was missing in our previous lives, I'm sure, right? Yeah. That, that trusting relationship where you know you're not going to get hurt if you speak what your truth is. and Yeah. Oh, man, it's so wild. You don't want to give any emotional vulnerability to anybody because you're scared of what they'll do with it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, 
we have definitely all probably been hurt, you know, by somebody that like we, you know, loved and, you know, trusted. And, you know, there was a time in my life when I was the person who, you know, I was hard to talk to. I was hard to try to, you know, uh, to understand and then you toss alcohol into there and um you know using alcohol as as a way to deal with my depression and my you know anxiety and it just it absolutely caused way more harm than it has ever done good and mm-hmm. um you know i I can honestly see now that when I'm in a bad spot, alcohol is the last thing that I ever want to do. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's, that took me a long time and it, yeah. You guys Man, are awesome. That's so relatable. Hey, thanks buddy. You're pretty awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool cat, Derek. Uh, I love it. Sexiest guy in the room. I love it. <laughs> It's so true though, right? Whenever I think about any kind of issues I'm going through, whether they're in my life, whether they're big, small, whatever they are, right? Alcohol and drugs are never going to make any of them better. And that's where my mind goes right away. I still have that thought like, man, remember the old days when you used to just go have a few lines and six pack of beer and this would be over with, but it was it, was it over with? It would be like 10 hours later. It's even worse. (laughs) Yeah. But for those 10 hours, I didn't think about it. Yep. 100%. So yeah, my brain goes right there right now is, man, that would never make things better. Yeah. And the book of recovery one's never enough. Yeah. Isn't that the truth, right? There better be a super B of cocaine pulling up in front of my house if I have that one. And that won't be enough. Yeah. And before long, I'll super B and a freaking grain auger just to get it into the house. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. A little Scarface action. (laughs) A little Scarface action, yeah. It's so true though. I mean, it's never the right coping mechanism. No, I don't think it is, but I think it's, it's, it's like our, our compulsion to, 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 you know, find a way to be okay with not being okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And once we kind of get our, our bodies and everything else into that spot where, you know, I only feel good if I'm high. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm drunk, or if I'm out doing these, you know, dangerous, you know, things, right? And and our bodies get um, <coughs> w- w- wired to want to feel comfortable. So we go back to the things that you know seem to be, be you know, okay. But after it's all, you know, d- done, and we come. F- Fucking back, back down to earth, we, you know, feel probably 10 times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said there, I've heard it, it seems like it's going around quite often now in the community and all over social media. And, and I, I don't have a problem with, well, no, I, maybe I do. It's that phrase. It's okay not to be okay. For me, that's like half the sentence. Where's the other half of the sentence? Like for me, it's okay. I'm not okay. Now, mm-hmm. can I just sit here and be not Okay. Yeah. And things, no, like what's the action piece? Victim, right? right? Right. And it's like, I get it. Like it's, it's, it's concise and it's a good tagline and this and that. Right. But what's the rest of that sentence? It's like, what's the action piece? Okay. We're not okay. Now do we just sit in this or what the hell can I do about it? Yeah. And that's the piece I always, 
whenever I hear that, I think, man, I wish somebody would finish that sentence. And yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not pointing it out because you said, well, it stuck out once again. Somebody said it and, I, and yeah, that's oh, where my brain goes right away, right? Like, yeah. what's the action piece in that? It's yeah. like, okay, I, I broke my arm. Yeah, That's okay to break your arm. It is. You're right. But what's the rest of that sentence, right? Now you're going to go to the hospital and you're going to get a cast and you're going to get it worked on and you're going to find solution. Yeah. So that's the same thing for me when I hear that phrase. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, I believe because I can totally understand that um, when you, when you, when you have that, you know, thought that, that, you know, that you have to be a, you know, of victim um you give away all of your you know power right so it's okay to not be okay but dot 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 yeah yeah what am i going to do to feel better than okay did you just come up with a new tattoo but dot 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 (laughs) (laughs) i'll just put the dots on my ass cheek and i only gotta get one tattoo instead of both every time you're you fart, oh your God, dots separate. So oh, please! Did not see that this going that way today. No, I mean, that's the beauty of the podcast. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. But it is, it is true. Like sitting, sitting in your own pit of of shit, got it gets nobody anywhere. Yeah, it's you know? so true. It right? all took us the choice to make a different outcome for ourselves to to be where we are today. Totally. Yeah. And it's it's that choice, right? That's the biggest step. Is well, one of the biggest steps, that's the first step is to make a choice based on is the pain greater to stay the same or is, is it going to be easier to change? And when you make that choice, now what's the action piece, right? And it's that first step is usually the, the toughest one because until you make that first action move, it's just a thought in your head and thoughts. We have them all day long, right? We don't act on them all. <laughs> Thank and God we don't. Oh my God, I'm kidding, right? I'd be in jail. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Oh, sorry. That's the after dark one. That's the after dark one, yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff we've been doing lately. I know Derek and I went through some training here recently. I know Amber's taking it right now. Rick's doing it. Um, We have a a list of people that we're thinking about helping get through this training. And that it coincides with this week that's coming up, right? We talked, we started this podcast. We're going to talk about this week. And uh, then we... And went into our own stories, which happens all the time, <laughs> but I love it. And I'm sure if any listeners uh, don't love it, there's that skip 15 seconds ahead button. So you can just skip to the, whatever parts you like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we're talking about um, solutions for change in our community, right? And that's part of what Addiction Awareness Week is, is um, we all know what addiction looks like and whether it's in your family or it's downtown, it's on the streets, it's, it's in the movies, whatever, right? It, it all can look differently. But at the end of the day, the addiction is, is the piece that um, is similar in all our stories, right? And addiction isn't about the drug of choice, I find, right? It's, it's all the underlying causes. We talk about that lots, right? So it doesn't matter if it's meth, cocaine, heroin, shopping, gambling, sex, whatever it is. The underlying causes are quite similar, whether they happen in childhood, whether they're adverse events that have taken place or it's trauma-based or whatever it is, right? We can talk about that. We do all the time, but it's like, okay, now we can't change any of that stuff, but what's the piece we can start working on today to change the future, right? And change what's happening out there. And, uh, you know, all the agencies that are working with addiction and mental health right now are, 
they're doing amazing work. They're doing the best they can with what they have, whether that's funding, staffing, whatever that looks like. But there's huge gaps all the time. We notice them all the time and other agencies notice them too. And one of the gaps is we're going to fill it with some of this training we're taking, right? And it's recovery coach training. And, and Yeah. So we've sat in, you know, a little shout out to Orca Training out in Vancouver and, and Brian. We're going to have a gentleman on later this season who is a certified recovery coach and a facilitator and has a training facility out there in Vancouver that's been gracious enough to uh, kind of take us on board and train some of our people and Great Such people. a great guy. Great, oh, awesome great group dude, right? of people yeah. training too. Yeah. Every facilitator that we experienced in that. And, and like I said, Amber's going through it right now. They're all amazing yep. and uh, very helpful people, right? They, they teach us things that we didn't know. And me being a, a certified addictions counselor, I thought well, to full transparency, I thought, well, why would I take this? You know, I already, all the training I have is going to be, it's going to supersede anything that they teach me. Right. But it's so not true. I was so excited to be in there and recognize what a recovery coach is and what it isn't. Yep. And that was the piece I needed to hear. Um, so yeah, recovery coach training, you know, um, we're going to fill some gaps in this community by, by providing recovery coaches to the community. Um, like I said earlier, it's filling gaps and it is not one of the biggest misconceptions. And I've heard it from other agencies. I've heard it through the training that we took. They, they face the same obstacles in their communities, right? It's like, Oh, these guys are taking funding from us. These guys are taking jobs from us, this and that, right? And this organization, but it's nothing to do with that, right? It's like, how can we help facilitate people to get to those other agencies? And it's kind of what OCJ has been doing for a, over a year now. We just didn't really have a name for it. Yep. But now when it has to do with addiction and the um, subsequent mental health concerns that come all the time with addiction, well, not all the time, but 70% of the time, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's helping facilitate us that conduit piece, right? It's like, if somebody wants to get the treatment and it's a six month wait, why not hook them up with a recovery coach to keep them motivated, keep them on the right track. Somebody can kind of mentor them. It's not about telling them what to do. It's about helping them find the right answers and solutions. And, um, what do you think about that, Derek? I think that it was, uh, the best course that I have ever taken. Um, and, uh, I had the opportunity to to meet a lot of amazing people who have jobs um, in some of the toughest areas of the country and to hear what they have to, you know, deal with every day. Um, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of um, respect, um, you know, for people who, who have a job dealing with people with addiction ish issues, and um, I think the uh, the best thing that that I learned from the whole um, experience was that I don't know everything, <laughs> and I don't know as much as I thought I did. Right, and when you're able to put your <laughs> turn off your ego and uh, open up. Um, the there are people out there who have some incredibly scary life stories and um uh us as recovery coaches i uh feel that it is our job um to help people to discover um that they do have have the choice to change and um i i i understand that um there are, you know, lots of organizations out there who who 
who, you know, are doing great things every day. But the, you know, fact is, is that there's a lot more people who need help every day than there are people to help them. And um, when, when somebody goes into crisis mode and um, they decide that they want to get help, I don't think we have a very big timeline um, to get them help. Um, people can change their, you know, minds. People can go back and, you know, go, you know, missing again. And um, um, we at, at, you know, our collective journey um, aren't trying to take anybody's jobs. Um, we are we are trying to help pe- people get to see the right people. And um, it just comes down to, you know, asking the right questions. I'm not trying to, you know, change people's perspectives. Um, I think that until we, you know, discover how we want to change, um, we just continue to, you know, go back to to the things that have, you know, served us and mm-hmm. as as a recovery coach um, I can't wait um, to you know start to work with people every single day yeah. and give them uh, you know a, a chance and an opportunity and you know to share with them all the people that want to help them so it's just yeah opening up people's eyes to to the different ways to get on the path to recovery. And once you're on the path, um, you know, we all need a good team and we're, we're just trying to be good, you know, team mates and uh, trying to help, you know, coach people to a healthier way of being alive. Yeah, I've I'm only a few classes in, but um it's been a wonderful experience. Like a really wonderful experience and and there, you know, as addicts ourselves, we we're fully aware of the gaps that are there that, you know, I I look back and I think to myself all the time, man, if a recovery coach had come to me when I had to leave detox to go to a facility a mm-hmm. week later, I might have made it to that facility. Mm-hmm. You know, what I did was I made it back to the street to use coming out because nobody was there to guide me. And I think, uh, you know, we play we can play a really huge role in mitigating those gaps for everybody else. Like, let us help people build up that toolbox for themselves because that's what we're there for. Totally. Right. Yeah. Or keep their tools that they've learned in from other professionals. Keep them keep the dust off them. Right. Yeah. You know, role model what that looks like. And. It's not, you know, we're not, our role isn't to be the therapist. It's not to be, you know, the, the healthcare provider. It's not to be the counselor. It's not to be the sponsor from a 12 step group. It's to help people find those roles, right? Find those members of their support network. And cause when I came out of active addiction, I didn't know what I needed and I didn't know what was out there. Right. I got a piece of paper from, I mean, I went to a fabulous treatment center and, uh, I got my recovery plan and out the door I went and I went back to the scene of the crime, right out back out into the wild. I got released. Yeah. And then how am I supposed to navigate this shit? Right. I, I'm terrified. Cause now I'm starting a new, 
completely new life on my own at 40 <laughs> out of my mom's basement. And, uh, I didn't know what to do, but yeah, that's the piece, right? Like you just said, Amber, if I had a recovery coach that could have walked beside me through this, yeah, maybe it had been different, right? Um, I don't know. I'm in a good place today and, and that was the way it was supposed to be for me, but for the next person who's reaching out, maybe that's something they're going to need. Right. And well, I know it is because we've helped so many people already. Yeah. And, uh, that whole navigation piece. So I've had, I've had professionals ask me, so is it, it's, it's an outreach position. And I'm like, mm, not really. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't right. It's, it's more about, um, it's more than outreach and it's, it's different than counseling. You're going to get the tools and you're going to get into digging in deep and doing some things in therapy, right. With a, with a psychologist or an addictions counselor, whatever that is. Right. But it's, it's, helping people use those tools. It's helping them practice, right? It's active, reflective listening. It's, it's, it's all those things that I wish I had early in recovery that I could have had somebody to practice these things on and help me, help me find the resources I needed. It's, uh, you know, I, I remember in the, in the training we took and they talk about the chime model. I was just thinking about that. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and it talks about, you know, lays out what a recovery coach is and that model, that acronym, it's, it's connection, it's hope, it's identity, it's meaningfulness and empowerment. And that's kind of in a nutshell, what a recovery coach helps somebody with, right? At the end of the day, we want somebody to be autonomous and we want them to be an active participant in their life and take responsibility and control of the direction they're headed, right? But early in recovery, what does that look like? That's craziness. Like you just said, Amber, that got me back out on the street, right? When I yeah. got that full autonomy and here you go, here's your treatment date. Yeah. Well, am I going to try to navigate that or am I going to go where I know the path is beaten and worn really well and I know how to get there? Yeah, we need to know how to use the tools available to us when we're outside of, of the program. Because when you're in the program and, and they really do do great things, it gives you a, the potential to dry out, think a little bit clearer but you, you're just being told what to do and where to follow, mm -hmm. right? So then you get out and you almost feel lost because you don't have that support group that's already sitting there just managing your day-to-day -day life every day until mm -hmm. you're out. And then you're like, well, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm alone again. I'm all by myself. All by myself. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> hit it, it Derek. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on. I'm not karaokeing on here today. Yeah, and I today. think uh, <laughs> I think the difference with recovery coaching too is like meeting people where they're at. Yeah, percent. That's exactly right? it. Uh, not you don't need to be at a specific place. For you sure. know, you you can just you can reach out for help at any point. <clears throat> Maybe you're already in recovery, but you're struggling through some stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe you lost access to resources or support groups or. Maybe you are in active addiction and, and you need some help or maybe you don't need help and you just need to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't realize they need to be, or they don't realize they want the help, but just having someone hear them out For sure. maybe is what they need to yeah. see their own, own value into the future too. Oh, For that, sure. That's, I think right there is a huge piece, helping people find their, you know, alley, right? Because- a lot of us get addicted to, to, you know, stuff because we don't truly understand how, you know, valuable that, that, you know, our, you know, lives are. And 
Um, each each of us is is on this earth with a you know purpose, and um, we all deserve to be you know loved. We all deserve to be healthy. We all deserve to be happy. But um, a lot of us get lost along the way trying to figure out how to be happy. And I guess part of a, being a recovery coach is just helping people walk walk and own the path they're on. And um, if, you know, one pathway doesn't seem to be helping, well, guess what? Let's try doing it this way, right? Yeah. Just because something has worked, you know, for me or it's worked, you know, for Amber or, you know, for... Ryan, um, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the 100% answer that like you need to hear. But between all of us and between all of the connections that we've been able to make in, in this town with people, um, I, I, I have a whole team of people now in my telephone (laughs) that I know that I can, you know, you know, contact and um that's that's kind of what 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 we want to do is we want to let people know and to help them understand that um there is a team and and you know people honestly care about you Mm -hmm. i think you nailed it right there right it's i remember when i was in active addiction and then being in this profession for the last three four or five years whatever it is um working with so many people in active addiction who want to, they're in that contemplative stage where they know that they have a problem. They're slowly thinking about maybe making some changes, but there's still a lot of positives of that lifestyle that they're, they're sitting on the fence Mm -hmm. doing that, that tightrope. Right. But it's like, they don't know that there's a recovery community. You know, when you're surrounded by active addiction, that's all, you know, and I heard so many of the individuals I worked with saying, well, there's nobody doing that here. And I'm like, no, there, there really is. Like you're actually sitting beside one now. And I yeah. know at least 30 more that are doing it on a daily basis. And then they know another 30 and it's quite a huge recovery community. So it's like changing that community that you're in and, and surrounding yourself with a different mindset of people, right? People that have found the hope and have, have broke through that fear and everything else that goes along with reaching out the stigma and all that and, Stuff that keeps people stuck for so long. Yeah, man. And they've got to the other side of it. And that's you, Derek. And that's you, Amber. And that's Rick. And that's Damo. And that's everyone else that's part of OCGA. And we're just here to help people break through that, whatever that, those barriers are. Because there is light on the other side of that barrier, whatever it is. And usually it's a lot of fear-based shit that keeps us out there. <laughs> oh, fears. Right? Yeah. And it's sure. dark and it's gross and it's lonely. And, and when you can get exposed to this recovery community and see, you know, the people that are in it, the diverse group, like I always, we, we laugh about this the other day. There's lawyers. We know there's AHS employees. There's this, this, and that, right. There's people off the street. There's, and where do you find a group of people like that, that are getting along so well in a room that uh, there's no judgment. There's no, we don't care what you have. I mean, it's recovery. It's what it is. Right. And it's, yep. it's like, we're all fighting that same beast on a daily basis. And we know how to keep it in check now, as long as we keep doing the work that got us to today, we do that today. Don't really have to worry about drugs and alcohol in my life anymore. And that's the recovery community. It's like common thread people that are, have gone through the same types of feelings, same types of whatever that is, right? Our, our stories are different, but the feelings are the same. And it's, 
it's wild when you get on the other side of it. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do with Recovery Coach, right? Is show people hope, almost like ambassadors of hope. Like there is hope out there. And when you're surrounded by active addiction, it's pretty hopeless. Yeah. hundred percent. I think you always say something that resonates with me, Ryan. It's look for the similarities mm. in what you hear in this stuff, because that's, that's typically what opens your eyes, not the actual problem that you're, you right. know, what people went through. It's the similarities of how people have felt throughout the process for sure. to recovery. And early on, I looked for all the differences. Yeah. That, was, that was my addiction, my mental health telling me, you're not like these people. These people are really <laughs> fucked up. You're not. Mine's quite, in control. Yeah, yeah. You're not quite <laughs> that bad yet. So I'm the boss of this. Yeah, yeah. You can work your way out of this yourself. You don't need help. And once I started listening, it was explained to me by a very wise individual. Look for the similarities. Listen for them. If you got to close your eyes, just listen to the stories and listen to the messages. And then things started to change for me when I stopped picking people apart and judging them. And, you know, it's not about their personality. It's not about the things that I don't like. Cause that's always about me. It's not about them. It's what I don't like. And when I started listening for, for a purpose and, and a message and a, and a common thread and Oh my goodness. Things started to really change. So you set your ego aside. Yeah. All the ego. All the ego. That, that All the ego. ego. Yeah. All the shit we tell ourselves. Any of our listeners yeah. struggling with ego? I am. <laughs> Every day I do so. It's so true, right? <laughs> it's a constant battle, right? Like I, I, I do have a lot of, you know, knowledge and experience up in my head and I still find myself every day struggling with being human, right? I think it's something that every, every one of us has to, you know, you know, think about and, um, you know, fear stops us from trying to make change. But, um, when, when, when we want to make change, we have to create tension and mm -hmm. when we create that tension, we start to feel uncomfortable. We start to feel hopeless. We start to feel like we're not strong enough to withstand that tension to make the change. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, being able to sit with, with, you know, your, your stuff and not, um, not allowing it to be, you know, louder than, than, than like your, you know, than that, you know, light that's trying to shine out. Beautiful. Such wise words from Derek all the time. He's just a beautiful guy. Isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I got you guys fooled. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. I always sit here and I, I had the privilege of training with you through those five weeks and just listening to you talk and the wisdom that you share, man. It's wild. I'm so glad you're sitting in this chair today and part of OCJ. Yeah. You're, I've said that before too. He's such a good communicator mm -hmm. and yeah, he, you bring a lot of value. hundred percent. A lot of value. So I just want to point, you know, this out and this is uh, something that I've, uh, I've come to understand, you know, I spent my whole life not wanting, you know, to, you know, talk because of my stutter. And last uh, Saturday, Damon fucking grabbed me on the way up to the stage, hadn't planned on saying freaking anything. And, and I'm up there and there's, you know, Amber and there's Damon and there's 
Derek hints and there's, you know, death there and I'm standing up there and I finally felt like I was where I was meant to be. Yeah. And I felt so confident. And um, anybody who is, you know, scared to make changes because you don't think that you can, um, you, you can. And it does not matter where you have been. It's where you are trying, you know, to be. And we want to help you to be the best person that you can be. Dude, so. I got goosebumps. I got tears. So. Holy shit. Oh, man. Well, it's not an OCJ from Darkness to Life podcast without goosebumps and tears, at least Somebody's from somebody. Somebody's going to cry. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's so true. Yeah. You walk through the doors and you never know what's going to be said in here. And that's the amazing part of this. I get that feedback all the time. It's just really authentic what you guys talk about. And, or we have guests coming on, right? What do you guys want to talk about? Well, we don't. Let's just go in and let's see what happens. Sit around the table and stuff comes out that's meant to come out today. And if it didn't come out today, it'll come out next time. Yep. Right? 100%. Yeah. It's amazing. Um. I think, I think that kind of wraps up recovery coach, what we're doing, right? So that's new. It's something that's been doing it. They've been doing this in the States for over a decade. Yeah. It's starting to come into Canada now over the last few years. We're really trying to ramp it up in the Western part of the, the country. And I think it's amazing. And I wish I had this and being an addictions counselor, it's something that I'm working on as well. I got to take that hat off and put the recovery coach hat on and it's not being the therapist, right? We start doing those double roles and it's just confusing as hell, not yep. only to the person we're helping, but to me, to Derek, to Amber, everybody, right? We're, we got to really focus on our role, staying in our lane and we're uh, recovery coaches now, which is amazing. I know Derek and I and, and uh, Amber and Rick, we're going to start pounding pavement here in the next couple of weeks and meet up with some of the agencies and see how we can help them out, see how we can fit in. Because like we said earlier, we're not here to take jobs. We're here to get people more business. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Right. Yeah. We're, we are trying to get you, we are trying to bring people to you. Yeah. We are definitely not trying to take people out of like your hands. Right? Uh, absolutely. And I think Brian, our, our facilitator, he mentioned it and it's something that's really stuck out with me. It's about transaction versus transformation. transformation. Yeah. And it's so true, right? Like yeah. when I went to treatment the first time, it was a transaction. Here's your $15,000. Now fix me. Yeah. Right. And it was a transaction based thing, right? I left there, they kept the money and that was it. Right. I was back there two years later and now it's like, let's focus on the transformation piece. Let's not worry about the transaction as much. Let's worry about change. Let's actually make some valuable efforts and uh, help people recognize their strengths and that this is possible. Like Derek was just saying, it's not really about where you are or where you're going or where you were. I mean, it's about where you're headed. And if we can be part of that and really help people uncover some of those strengths that they, they don't think they have, or they, you know, I'm not worthy. All those negative things we tell ourselves. I spent 38 years telling myself that I was not, worthy of ever you know feeling happy or of ever being calm you know and uh um yeah it's it's not an easy process to get to a place in your life where you can look back at everything and and in and in instead of it taking you back to that negative space you you just you know you go holy crap I've been through a lot in my life and, you know, now I'm, I am, you know, finally equipped with the tools to, to work on me 
every single day because recovery has no timeline. Recovery <laughs> doesn't look the same for everybody. And, um, yeah, we, we just want to meet you where you, you like are at and help you walk whatever path you want to walk. And yeah. if, and if you stumble, we're gonna, you know, be there to pick you up and help you. So Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest things is if you're ready or maybe thinking about making a change, um, reach out. That's the part, right? Um, if you, if you resonate with these podcasts, with the stories you see on our social media, reach out. Um, I didn't know I had a problem. I know we listened to Rick Claus too. He didn't know what he was, but these are the, these are the purposes behind what we're doing here today is to help people figure out maybe what the problem is and then let's work on it because it's okay not to be okay, but dot, dot, dot. dot. <laughs> right. And we all know that, uh, drugs and alcohol are a solution to a problem. Yeah. They're right? not, they're not the problem. Totally. Damien yeah. says that all the time, right? No therapist in this world can compete with the immediate gratification of a line of cocaine <laughs> or it's true. put in whatever drug you have. Right. Yeah. We know that works. We know what to expect. We know how quick it's going to come. Is it going to go that way? Or are we going to spend, you know, the next two, three, four weeks, whatever it is in treatment and, and then in therapy. And I can tell you, it's not easy at the start, but it's way easier than it is living in active addiction. Absolutely. hundred percent. So yeah. Uh, recovery coach in a nutshell right there. If anybody is interested in what we're doing here, anybody is interested in the recovery coach program, getting connected, whatever that looks like, hit us up. You know, we have a, a phone number now. We have an office phone number now, you guys. It's legit. We are nice. legit. Yeah, yeah. And it works. Can I, re <laughs> does anyone know what it is? <laughs> I'm just phone. kidding. My phone's uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's 403-800-1191. So phone that number. There's a, there's a, well, phone it and you'll find out what you get. Um, hit any of us up on that uh, at that number. Contact us at help at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Send us direct messages, any of the social media platforms we're on, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Our TikTok's kind of dead these days. <laughs> We'd get kicked off Demo would time. get kicked off. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Someday we'll ramp it up. If anybody's listening who has some lived experience and is a real solid at TikTok, hit us up because you can look after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, recovery coach, man, uh, starting today, starting on the 21st, the TP lights here in medicine hat, world's biggest TP going to be lit up green and blue to draw attention to our collective journey and also national addictions awareness week. Um, follow along on our social media because we're going to be releasing somebody's powerful story of hope and recovery each day. Um, stories that haven't been released by us before. Um, what else guys, ladies, anything? I just say call. Yeah. Call, call, call. Call, call, We're call. here to help. I love coffee. So if anybody needs to go for a coffee, hit us up, okay? Sacred moments yeah. shared by Derek. And he I think, too, coffee. like, yeah, there's lots of ways to meet us. You know, if you're uncomfortable coming, we can, you know, there's virtual meetings. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities. If you're on the road, you want to get help, like... Mm -hmm. There's other ways for us to get in touch with you versus getting in meeting in person. So for sure. yeah, ask, just let us know what's, Absolutely. what works for you. Yeah. Online FaceTime zoom meetings. We've been doing lots of zoom meetings yeah. with, I have a friend in Minnesota. If he's listening that we've been zooming back and forth quite a while, quite a bit here over the last little while. Um, 
and we have contacts in in a lot of communities and a lot of fellowships, right? If if you're on the road working somewhere and you need a meeting or something, hit us up because we odds are we have connections somewhere or somebody does. And if we don't, we'll find we'll help you find meetings. We'll help you find some supports wherever you are. Um, with that, I just want to remind everybody. Thank I want to thank them and remind them about the feedback on the podcast platforms. We're going to read them, send them in. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, hit us up, post them on our social media, phone us, do whatever. We don't care. Just send us something. Talk to us. Yeah. Talk to us. We're pretty friendly. Usually. (laughs) Derek's friendly till you, after he gets his coffee. I was going to say, but if he doesn't have his coffee, (laughs) maybe let him get that first. At least till 830, you have to wait or else. Yeah, you I might mean, not be in the best. You might lose just, <laughs> just ask staff. Yeah, you might lose a finger. A finger, nostril. <laughs> <laughs> nostril. <laughs> Whatever I can bite. Oh, man. It. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Keep your eyes peeled towards that teepee. If you uh, send us some photographs, if you want. Send us something, right? Post them. Hashtag MOCJ, National Addiction Awareness Week. Whatever you want to do, just let us know. Send them to us. We'll post them. We'll read out all reviews on uh, online here. And with that, stay tuned because many more podcasts are going to be released this season. We have a, a really wild lineup, that diversity, right? But it all ties back to mental health and addiction. And uh, we're just here trying to make some impact one day at a time. One day. One, one hour day. sometimes. One hour. That's right. And with that, the end. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please consider supporting OCJ by visiting ourcollectivejourney.ca and clicking donate. All proceeds go to supporting the health and wellness of people in our community. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pape. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Thank you for listening.